0: I can't feel my fingers anymore. I lied. They're, they're, they're numb.
1: Ooh. Maybe you should wear these extra gloves. My hands are starting to get sweaty. Extra gloves?
0: You've had this pair of extra gloves this whole time? Yeah, we're in the Rockies. I'm going to kill you. What? I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you, Lloyd! Calm down. Right now, I'm going to kill you! Harry, you got that crazy look in your eye.
1: (laughs) I know what I'm going to do. What are you doing? I'm going to do something I should have done a long time ago. Don't do anything! Foolish, Harry! What? Foolish?
2: This isn't foolish! I'm gonna toss this damn curse right into that damn pond! <laughs> You're I'm gonna going. do
1: it! No!
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey! You're freezing! <laughs> <laughs>
1: all
2: right welcome back to another week of muskies on tap we got an awesome podcast ahead we're going to be talking about the muskie bender weekend that just happened i uh, had a whole crew of guys uh, put out suckers did a bunch of casting caught a bunch of fish so that'll be exciting to talk about uh on the line with me i
1: got max manty how are you doing tonight max i'm doing good excuse me a little tired uh feel beat up i felt like i went seven rounds this weekend uh that was a full what pretty much three days of uh fishing you know battled a little bit of elements albeit uh not as bad as we originally thought we kind of hyped that one up pre uh pre weekend send uh, thinking we were gonna get blown off the lake and rained on and everything of that nature and ended up being pretty good uh but yeah i mean anytime i get to spend three full days with our other counterpart here brian eckle in the boat you know it's a good time so with that being said brian
0: uh thanks for joining us here this evening how you doing Uh, i'm doing great can't complain too much like you i did wake up feeling hungover even though i hadn't drank the night before i've just been beat up from a lot of casting, a lot of throwing big rubber, pounder baits, and uh, yeah, my my back's going through it a little bit today, but had a blast this weekend. Um, what did we get? 11 fish total between the two boats, seven guys. Yep. Um, so that was pretty darn good numbers. Unfortunately, didn't get that fall giant that everybody dreams of. Uh, didn't get it this weekend, but hopefully that's in store for Gus here in the future or one of us um but yeah excited to debrief the whole weekend and get into some of the goodies and what all went down yeah it was a it was a really good crew
1: up there this weekend we had what was it seven of us we were running four out of gus's boat it was me gus brian our buddy jack and mitch uh lund <clears throat> brought up um his boat and uh had two other guys parker and sam hopping hopping uh his boat for the three days so we kind of tackled some new water together, did some exploration, uh fished some water that was familiar with us, familiar to us as well. So it was kind of a good mixed bag of it all. Uh hit some A1 water, hit some action water, hit some other different types of stuff. So it was uh yeah, it was a good just like I said, kind of just a mixed bag of uh fishing and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um got got beat up a little bit Saturday, but Friday and Sunday were Highly productive and a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought originally going into the weekend that Friday
2: was just going to be a washout, you know, looking at the weather ahead of time. I know we had our weather watch going on just about every two hours of every day of the week leading up. Per usual, we had weather god Brian giving us those update seeing if the wind changed from 12 to 13 miles an hour really important if the, rain, stuff. If, the, if the rain was you know 80 percent in this area and then 84 percent here you know <laughs> definitely the good stuff which the whatever rain that was predicted uh it just did not hit as hard really at all there's sprinkles throughout friday and saturday like here and there uh the wind was not terrible friday saturday the wind picked up pretty good sunday the wind seemed to be okay uh but overall we had just great fall weather you know the sun really never was shining it maybe maybe showed itself a little bit on sunday and did it did it come out at all on friday i I don't think it
0: did way out in the distance kind of seemed like it might but i don't think it ever showed itself until sunday
2: yeah and we had what do we have go like this whole weekend a lot of east i think it started as a lot of east ish east northeast winds and then it kind of shifted to north northwest just trying to lay out the scene for everybody on on what we kind of had going for weather so a lot lot of clouds
0: decent amount of wind seemed like absolutely perfect especially on saturday like perfect fall conditions north wind (laughs) new moon (laughs) windy new moon like on and off sprinkling um like it just felt the entire day like a blimp was going to show out of nowhere eventually um and i mean we can kind of get into the turnover side of things um uh, but it se- yeah. seemed like we were kind of in the middle of it um i mean depending on what lake you're at but it seemed like some lakes were right in the middle of it, it seemed like some lakes were maybe pre-turnover and some were post so kind of screwed around with us on saturday um and maybe that's, you know, maybe the weather didn't trump the turnover phase of these fish. But, um, yeah, I don't know if, Gus, you want to get into what that turnover is looking like right now. Well, what we saw over the weekend is a lot of that mid-size
2: to large-ish lakes with like, a, I don't know, no no holding depths of like anything crazy, like 40 to 100 feet deep or anything. But kind of those mid-depth lakes that get to like 20, 30, 35 feet or so. And that, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 acres on Saturday, that seemed to be what was turning. Um, And I -hmm. think by this past weekend, all small stuff is done. Like, you guys should be good to go when this podcast comes out. You know, 99% of those really small lakes should be absolutely done Uh, by this weekend, I would assume that you know 90 or maybe maybe more percent of the medium to large ish lakes that don't have crazy depth should be done uh today is october 16th i was just on some medium large uh crystal clear super deep cisco water and it was still holding at about 53 to 54 degrees And there was still a thermocline, so that is still good to go. It might be going into turnover. So you kind of just have to play your cards right. And we did a little hopping, I know, on Saturday to kind of get away from that turnover. But I think ultimately we went back to the lake we knew the best that might have been in a little bit of a turbid, turnover time it was kind of hard to tell uh it was a lake we knew but we actually have never been on it during the october time frame so our previous knowledge wasn't good enough to know if it was really bad or okay and you know it turned out that we you know caught a very small fish and and you know i think we lost one of unknown size and then saw two other what small medium fish, size fish, you know, 30, 35 inchers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So definitely not ideal, but I think overall it probably wasn't the best lake to be on at the time. And the other lake that we went to was much larger and deeper and was definitely pre-turnover. And we had plenty of fish in that case, look at our suckers via live scope and not eat the suckers. So through a moon
0: phase and weather change and rain regardless as if the if the live scope was pointed at the fish or not or the engine was yeah. turned on or the we sucker was jigged it all. they wouldn't we eat. It at all. <laughs> Do
1: you guys want to start chatting about the ROI of buying suckers because I'm I'm open to having that debate at what point is too much money to catch one fish? I, like, hey, I mean, you got to do it this... like it's part of the fall tradition. You got to you got to yeah. hang the meat. And I thought we presented it well, but <clears throat> like, I mean, God, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever wanted to sell a live scope more than after this weekend, after watching fish <laughs> after fish after fish. It was entertaining. Up. It was entertaining. It, you know, broke up the kept day, it chopped him. it up. It gave us something to look at. Yeah. It kept us on. I mean, it's got its pros, but like after seeing fish after fish after fish come up. And look, I mean, I think we counted what? How many fish on Friday looked at suckers? Probably close to 20 fish it was, on Friday. It was, pretty, it was a ridiculous yeah. amount. I mean, we had one looking at a sucker, I think, before
2: any of us three or four started casting first day, yeah. first
1: morning. We are like, yeah, there's one already on it. <laughs> and Saturday was damn near the same. Probably not 20 fish, but I mean, it was Maybe quite a few. 10 or so, yeah and sunday was sunday was a shit pile of them as well i mean it just and you know we i don't know i mean how many so we did get our boat got one sucker eat on friday mitch's boat got one sucker eat on sunday so we we, you know we were able to convert we went two for two on sucker bites between the two boats Two for 50 on fish staring at a sucker yeah just (laughs) yeah you know like if there's any unconventional way that you can hang these things to get maybe some more reaction strike I don't even know Not, I mean not a reaction strike but just like just have them chew it it just seems crazy to me that they'll just kind of come up and look and be gone a minute later it
2: definitely sucks like they're they were hitting lures like like crazy this weekend I mean tallying up the amount of hits and fish like raised and stuff like that on lures is was a lot but like the sucker aspect. I mean, we'd watch on LiveScope when a muskie would come up and look at a sucker, it would like swim away really quickly. And I would think that would be such a great trigger for a fish to right. go and eat it right there. You're talking you know? about the sucker. I mean we the had sucker good, now.
0: Yeah, good suck. Yeah, we had really good suck.
2: Yeah, solid suck. Suck didn't do its job though. Which is it did not. frustrating.
0: No. No. Kids walked no. in. But uh yeah, it was uh <laughs> It was so weird that like with the bait baits were moving fish there. We got some really good reactionary strikes and um, but we also had a ton that were super slow and lethargic on it. And then they, you know, come in super low on the follow. You wouldn't be able to see it, but we'd pick it up on side or on live scope and then they drift back to the sucker and they'd stare at that for 50 yards and then disappear so you think like, okay, if it's fall, it's cold, the water's dropping, water temps dropping, so slow it down, give him a longer pause. I mean, we tried that. And then like Max kind of found a pattern on Sunday that, you know, he's using a 10-inch Jake, or is that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 10-inch Jake, And he's like just, I mean, kind of spazzing with the jerks, like not slow by any means. Oh, no, it was got, not slow. I was
2: looking back at the –
0: the footy yeah it was not slow no it was like springtime jerk bait, and he got numerous like strikes out in the cast so it was just hard to develop a pattern all weekend like did they want it fast and then you know they'd follow it still even if it was fast or if it was slow they'd follow it and it was just a lot of spunky males that ended up actually committing to something all weekend i don't know where where the big girls were or what they were keen on eating but it's a weird I pattern just- right now I think anyone who's listening to this, though, this is like
1: a good, I mean, I'm hoping it'll turn into a really good discussion on just like fall fishing in general, because I know it's a time of year that we all love to be out on the water. Like the scenery is awesome. You know, the weather is, I mean, granted we, you know, battle, like you were saying, a few sprinkles here and there, but like the weather's awesome. You love fishing in that temperature. Um, but you know with that said, like it, kind of presents like a lot of difficulties especially around this time of year like gus you know you're kind of talking about turnover and it feels like it's this kind of like unknown you know entity a little bit like it's so fickled you know like you're saying well it is turning but it might not be bad enough where you can't catch a fish in it and then this lake isn't this lake is done there's just a lot that goes into it like there's a ton it's more than just like the science behind you know the top
2: of the water column getting more dense than the bottom and then you know flipping just flipping the whole you know thermocline and not every lake has a thermocline not every section of a lake has a thermocline sometimes only the deep holes of a thermic thermocline there could be water moving through it it could be a chain of lakes it could be a river it could be a you know there's a lot of fact it could be a natural lake that is crystal clear and doesn't even have a thermocline and won't even turn over i mean there's options and there's sometimes never just a fully right answer
1: so so gus like you know people uh you know that are tuning in like if if you could provide any kind of beneficial insight on on how to tackle this time of year like you know obviously when everything is pre-turnover we've we've kind of touched on that you know fish push up shallow it's a great time of year but we're kind of in that fall migration now where you know we, like we did find success this weekend at, at times, you know, what, what do you think we did well, or what do you think people could kind of do this time of year to help kind of just navigate through turnover and, and have some success? So that is an
2: action packed question. I'll try and narrow it down as best I can, or really not. I'll, I'll give, I'll give a good amount here when I talking about lakes. I mean, one thing that I have found and that we did a little bit this weekend is look for current, any lakes that might have more current than others, you know, as opposed to just a, a big lake puddle that has no in in inflow and outflow like creeks or anything or connecting bodies of water. Uh, we found current and I feel like that helped kind of makes the fish a little bit more predictable and, uh, you just fish, you know, closer to the deeper holes and find rock and wood structure. I mean, I don't think we found too much action in weeds. We did a little bit when I think we were on that lake that was starting to turn over, but that's that's just because it was in that state, whereas the other times we were fishing for sure post-turnover or at least colder water where the fish are a little bit more predictable and hanging around those, those types of structures like steep breaks, wood, rock, um, cribs, stuff like that uh that would definitely be my key thing look for i mean uh probably go to your local chain of lakes like wherever you're at is not a bad idea either because in that case you can drive around to different size bodies of water and see what is turning over and what isn't and it'll kind of give you a better idea on maybe what your area lakes are doing So like if you're driving through one lake in the thousand acre lake that gets much deeper is is you know, 54 degrees, and then you go to the smaller body of water that's connected to it and it's 48 and clean, you know, that one's post turnover and you might have a better bite. Whereas the other one is, you know, if it's windy and it's mixing, it's looking a little bit, you know, milky in it, you might not have as much luck and it's going to be a little harder to find the fish you know at least it's not I wouldn't say it's the best time of year to discover brand new bodies of water I know Max you and I one year I think went to a brand new lake and we went there The pretty much day was in like the worst turnover ever I don't think we learned a damn thing about (laughs) it you know, I I don't think that's super helpful. I'd maybe stick to like pick three lakes that, you know, really well, one big, one medium, one small. Um, If you have the time to just kind of look at them and make sure which one is pre post or during turnover, if they're all in turnover, then, you know, might have to pick another or stick to some do a little, dr- like do, a little <laughs> do a little driving, do a little driving. And, uh. As for locations, I kind of dove into that a little bit. I mean, through this weekend, if you guys remember, we were pretty much sticking on to rock and wood and steep like almost the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think we went into weeds a little bit, like I said, and it paid off a little bit. But, you know, the weed, the fish in the weeds have been very meh on bites. It just seems like those fish that are kind of setting up. And their ambush points in the fall are just a lot, a lot more willing to eat. That's for sure. You know, if if you get them in those steep ambush spots and uh, probably two really key things that I look for when I'm out in the water, especially going to water that I know, and maybe if I don't see fish in spot that I know really well and, and think is a very good fall spot, or if it's a place that I've had luck on in the past is one, look for bait. Bait is super key. Uh, There was a few days that uh, I benefited off of just driving around for like the extra 10 minutes looking for bait, even though it was a body of water that I knew extremely well. And I knew that there was one spot where they like to set up all the time, but it was like vacated with bait. And another thing to go off of, and this usually goes hand in hand with uh, finding a spot with a lot of bait, would be once you find one muskie and say you're not having luck really anywhere else just keep hammering the absolute crap out of that one spot because we saw boatloads of fish in the same spot i know we can elaborate on that a little bit more but i mean like tons of spot last week i had a guide trip and we went to this first spot that i just kind of knew there should be some fish set up on. I honestly didn't know that there's going to be this many. And in the span of the first hour and a half of the trip, we had two sucker fish, one casting and one lost casting. And I remember at one point on live scope with two suckers out, we had three fish on them, <laughs> three fish looking at them, and we just went around in a circle three times hour, like probably two hours. And got all that action in an hour and a half, and there was just so many fish there. It was, it wasn't like a summer where you just, you know, pound and move, what you know, you know, pound whatever spot you're fishing, and just keep like picking apart spots that look similar. This is like the fish are here, the fish are stacked on the spot, and this happened, you know, multiple times since then.
1: Yeah, I mean that was probably my biggest takeaway from not only what you just said, but from what we experienced this weekend was the two big things. Um, and the one of them, you didn't, you didn't quite touch on, but you kind of alluded to, but the one, the one obviously major thing is fish are stacking up in, in certain areas. So when you find one, it's like, what you just said, I mean, either go back to it and revisit it multiple times a day, or just like stick around and, and, you know, keep hammering the absolute piss out of it until you can get, you know, a few more to go. Um, because the second point I think is the windows that are so classic in the fall being very tight, very tight windows, uh, that could not have rang more true. Like it just so happened this weekend that they were heavily involved, uh, heavily kind of revolved around the majors. Uh, we had a, we had a big afternoon major every day and we had a minor that pretty much coincided with at or around, uh, sunset, um, and we actually squeaked out the sunrise minor on Sunday morning somehow. That was a miracle Bo- Both minors were
0: more productive <laughs> than the midday major.
1: True, yeah. I mean, we got For bites during the midday major. Super action. But super action all came around that, that, you know, new moon, uh, moon set that kind of coincided with sunset as well. Um, And we can kind of touch on Friday. I mean, I guess, like, diving into kind of the whole musky bender weekend, I mean, we had... Seven guys, two boats, Friday, you know, first day we were on relatively, I would say new ish water, especially for this time of year. And what we stumbled across probably midday on Friday and kind of stuck to was like one of the more incredible things I've seen. I mean, we moved that one fish Friday afternoon and we're like, oh, you know, maybe they're around here. You, you had been to that area before you said it looked good, but you had never even seen a fish there. Uh, granted you know again you haven't been there at this time of year and so we're like well we'll just stick around here and then what proceeded to happen after that was like ridiculous I mean I, I don't even know where you want to go with it. It's like you know well, it's mean, so many fish we might as well just start it off
2: and just go yeah. through the, the musky bender weekend since this is Friday I mean this spot was just like it was good once you kind of see it and once we fished through it, but it kind of was a little more unassuming at the start and honestly didn't hold like a lot of bait. And I know at the start of it, when I was saying like, Oh, I've, I've fished it before, you know, in the minimal times I've been here and I've never seen or marked a fish here. I know that didn't, (laughs) that probably didn't give very much confidence to, to you, Brian or Max or Jack in the boat. And I know that just getting around the tip of that one section of the area, I do remember do remember Max, you look at me, it's like, yeah, this spot's giving me kind of bad vibes. It's <laughs> probably, uh, we should probably like move <laughs> on to back to where we caught oh, yeah, the ones but...
1: during the day. That, that, that <laughs> like in my defense, I do that half in parody because I think almost 90% of the time after I start shit talking to spot, that you like and i don't fish. there ends up being a fish there <laughs> so hence why that's... i am not a fishing guide and you are but i mean <laughs> feel like that's a pretty uh a pretty good ticket actually i think you should be thanking me every time i start shooting on one of your spots because you typically prove me wrong the good I pattern usually, yeah <laughs> yeah when you say that that makes me
2: more so want to say like no no we're staying here. We're sticking it out. <laughs> yeah. It's an
0: automatic <laughs> ten more minutes. That's <laughs> yeah, the response. Seriously.
2: Like, oh, you don't like the spot? All right. We're staying here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh...
0: I-, I just want to say like this spot where we had just this incredible spurt of action. Um, and it's something that I've like become really fond of in the fall is neck downs. And like this spot specifically was like You know, a two lane highway wide neck down with like two super steep walls on each side. And like Gus said, there wasn't a ton of bait in there. Usually, like if we fish a steep neck down on a lake, like you'll see a lot of baits stuck in there if it's like kind of that main lake highway or whatnot. But um, this spot was also adjacent to an even steeper drop off. Um, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a T intersection where you had this, you know, steep wall going along the front of it and then this little neck down that stuck out of it. Um, and so I, I think it just set up as like a good ambush point, you know, for like maybe these muskies staging up into the shallower neck down, but kind of like waiting on bait to come out of this deeper water running by. And we had we had that same success in like these, you know, quote, neck down areas, I guess, on Sunday where Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a super steep bank on one side. Maybe the other side wasn't like you know as drastically steep, but it was adjacent to, um, like the main basin of the lake. Um, or or you know potentially like a current inflow from the creek or whatnot. Um, so I don't know. I I've we've had success in these neck down areas like every fall, and it just seems like once these fish move out of the weeds, they sort of follow these bait into these deeper you know skinny deep sections and um yeah that's how that spot's set up definitely i was just about yeah that's
2: that's actually a really good addition to tips on the fall is that any i mean honestly even if your lake doesn't have current flowing through it or any creeks or anything like any pinch point in a lake that almost just like has a huge point and it almost extends to the one side of the lake or it has like a rock bar or some sort of bar close to the steep bank. Anywhere where it just like pinches in and has deep water right in that area seems to be like absolutely money. I mean, that's where we found a whole pile of fish staging on Saturday too on that one body of water that we didn't stick to. That was the same thing. So honestly, the, the entirety of our spots that we fished and had all that action was pretty much a lot of neck down areas like very much so
1: sunday too now that i think about it and what day sunday too
2: yeah no but... sunday as well i mean everything like pinched down and was steep steep shoreline pretty much like that is what we've basically fished during the muskie bender weekend except for like that one spot that was like a like i was saying it had a pinch point in the lake there were fish on that pinch point, And then we also found fish on a rock bar that basically was very close to it, you mm-hmm. know, almost connecting, but not so.
1: So we get off the water Friday night. I mean, musky benders consist of, uh, you know, little food, a uh, little sleep. On water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, little food lots, on water, plenty of food off water. <laughs> lots of peach bush lights, which I see you're drinking over there. Yeah, yes. I got myself a peach. I found one hiding in a
0: water in... bud, dude. I got my
2: water bottle. You start smelling
0: like those things. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, oh, that actually oh. leads me to that actually leads
1: me to a, a pretty controversial statement made by Brian on Friday. Uh, Gus, I know you wait in here. I'm sure our listeners will want to uh, weigh in here too, but <laughs> a pretty out of pocket statement came from Brian. Late at, Friday, night, night, late at night. Late at night. We were we had three guys in one room. Gus was in his room. We got a guy sleeping on the couch. You got two guys in cots out in the out <laughs> in the patio on the patio. <laughs> it's like 38 degrees. Parker and Sam were absolute beasts for doing that. They had their own hey, little, sleeping little bags. They're fine. There. Yeah, there it It's Like camping, like glamp. It's like glamping, as the the people say. Waking up with a nice runny nose, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. But Brian decided to just rant. I mean, no one provoked this whatsoever. I mean, he brought it. He brought it to the table. But he was saying that you get the best night of sleep. No sleep in jeans. What the hell is that?
0: (laughs) Now you're twisting my words. My statement was. My statement was. You Know if you got a long night, you end up falling asleep on the couch with jeans on. When you wake up, you're not pissed off, you're like, you know what, that wasn't so bad, that's kind of nice. It just is not that's I not. I hate how to it reopen works.
1: this, I hope to reopen Pandora's box, but th- I've never ever in my life woken up in jeans and been like, yeah, that this is it. This, I, is mean, it. I mean, I'm gonna I'd just like, crawl about like night fear. and I, rock I, some jeans.
0: I know what kind a lot of jeans of are i know these guy listeners are waking up in jeans you know not not on purpose but it happens and it's kind of comfortable you know scratches the legs a little bit <laughs> it's that's a good night of sleep right there that's the that worst
1: part and a belt buckle just stuff. max
0: max tried to twist my words and say that like when i go to bed like before i shut off on light like i'm grabbing a belt and putting just on the old wrangler slipping on a pair of levi's <laughs>
1: No, no tarps off just levi's maybe even take
0: the belt off if you're feeling frisky
1: yeah <laughs> i officer. hope to god you have your socks if,
0: off at least <laughs> send us a message if you're uh a you jean know, sleeper yeah yeah not on purpose <laughs> but like you don't mind it <laughs> Right.
1: you see how, how <laughs> contradicting that is you're like oh no no i didn't mean it like that but then you're like nah it's it's the best well dude Sleeping nobody
0: nobody sleeps with jeans on on purpose i don't think but when it happens it ain't bad
1: if you sleep with jeans on on purpose you need to expose yourself so i can make sure to block you on all forms of social media because <laughs> ahead I, and shoot us a
0: dm for your jean <laughs> sleeper yeah
1: i mean there was all sorts
0: of sorts of shit happened at that
1: cabin i mean i guess we might as well just get i was gonna say with all being said
2: we definitely got on the water on saturday by about the crack of 10 yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. it was
1: not uh not an early
0: eight
1: yeah it was it was not not the (laughs) earliest of mornings um but that's all right you know still still gave her hell on saturday we we did take a break for a good chunk of time too and grab some drinks (laughs) and uh, i think sam even decided to take one to go and then uh proceeded to i think set the set the hook on a on a non-musky sucker fish or something i don't know if he set the hook or not but he was seeing shit out there (laughs) sometimes that's what you you need
0: through a long cold wet fall day when you're not seeing anything i don't blame him i mean I, i was feeling good after lunch vibes are back in pretty high after lunch full stomach and uh i caught that giant yeah you got your hands on a
1: giant and, 25 uh, 25 inches of glory yeah that ate a 14 inch suick. yeah franken suick out in the cast i yeah. did not know what to make of that um another hot tip big baits big baits were good this big weekend. baits
0: were very good yeah mag dogs Which... pounders
2: tennis jakes giant suix that was what got giant. hit.
1: dying, dying dog that i'm a big i'm a best. big believer in the dying dog now that's back-to-back weekends of getting dying dog fish for uh for me
2: yeah that is go. that is true i the only thing i got to figure out is how to glue those damn tails back on there yeah you need to like a, one you fish. need to hit up
1: you need to hit up greg and ask him what the yeah. hell that's about because yeah those gt stuff... needs to give me the
2: give me some glue or something, whatever the hell he uses <laughs> to fucking get those things back on there. Cause they, they were, they, they were worked, sliding though. off. They were, yeah. they look really good.
1: And they look amazing. We we're kind of a one ounce we weight of, on the head for that underneath that front hook. And Jesus, yep. that thing just, yeah. That, it, about the action's say. really good.
2: That's what I was about to say is just adding like multiple ounces of weight onto that dying dog seemed to kind of make the action better. Almost like, Adding that extra weight made it suspend better or maybe even get down a little bit deeper as well.
0: Yeah, I think our top baits of the weekend, and I'd assume this would continue pretty much for the rest of the year. Um, but we had hits on Pounder, Double Dog, Dying Dog, um, 10 inch Jake, um the regular dog. On... Yeah, yeah, Mag Dog. Um I mean, so rubber was good. We also got into a good crankbait bite. Um, I don't think I think all the crankbait hits were on like ten plus inch baits, like nothing on a smaller well, depth rate or anything. You had well, the the guys
2: in the other boat, they got one on an eight inch depth rater trolling on Sunday, and then you got that one in on a twenty two long, which I think is seven or eight inches. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. The on 22 Friday. Long, Yeah yeah that was the smallest bait that uh that thing came flying in into the eight i actually didn't even see it come in in the eight and i'm like just started my turn and he shot vertically straight up from underneath his mouth wide open so that was a cool (laughs) eat. just wish he had an extra 32 inches on him (laughs) yeah yeah oh man
1: all right so yeah saturday we kind of touched on i mean saturday was that day that things were kind of just in flux um we found fish, but we just couldn't find many active ones. We really kind of took a swing for the fences and, uh, you know, that's, I think that's kind of like if you're doing a big weekend trip with your buddies, I mean, it is damn fun to catch fish, but I think you do got to at least allocate some time to swinging for the fences a little bit and get on some water that, you know, has, you know, maybe a little bit lower density, but a shot at a, a bigger fish.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, the whole premise of the weekend was kind of going for that really big fish because we have the ability to cover an amazing amount of water with the two boats, seven people. And, you know, if when we're casting, you know, getting out a total of pretty much four suckers between the two boats at all times, it seemed like not a sure shot, but definitely the best odds to have like somebody, somebody tie into of really, really large fish. I mean, even on, even on the action water that we hit Sunday definitely had the probability of getting into like a really big fish and same with, uh, Friday and Saturday, that was a little more a one water, but yeah, I think at this point we were a little bit, you know, we didn't really know what to think of Saturday since it was the day of new moon and we had, you know, substantially less action than, friday you know still a decent bit to keep us you know motivated and going but i think i don't know about you guys but i was was feeling i don't know how i was exactly feeling after saturday because i maybe had the most high hopes going into that day than anybody else because i somewhat chose slash pushed the waters that we were going to fish which ended up being some in turnover and some in not and that might have been my bad but it at least was somewhere that most of us were somewhat familiar with and just really has, like, an amazing shot at super, super big fish, which is, you yeah. know,
0: ultimately the goal. I was pretty pissed off, I guess, from Saturday, just because, like like you said, trophy waters, it the conditions seemed perfect. It seemed like a big girl was gonna show up. We kept saying like every hour like oh, I just keep seeing one below my feet. never happened. and uh I mean we fished it till pitch black. I mean maybe even 20 minutes into pitch black and uh mm-hmm. didn't get any action. I didn't want to leave because it just felt like it was close to happening and it had to happen. And so then on you know Saturday night going into Sunday, like at that point, what's another day getting skunked? So I just wanted to keep going after trophy waters, and it just with those conditions specifically, it just felt like big fish were going to be on the move. Maybe it was a week premature. Maybe this next weekend, um you know, with a full kind of week post turnover on most lakes up there, those big girls would be moving a little bit more. But um, yeah, I don't know it stuck with me all weekend not seeing a big girl yeah
2: they might have been just moving too much I mean during turnover and and this time of year in general the fish move a lot in the fall which is why I think they start to pack up and if you find them that day you know hammer that spot that day but with that being said I would visit those spots throughout these next few weeks and into ice up but definitely don't be afraid to switch spots if you're not seeing what you did Uh, recently in the fall because they still on that specific body of water could be completely in transit and uh, just kind of waiting to post up on their winter holes in you know a different week you know maybe some some lakes they're already posted up some lakes they're not so just kind of keep that in mind and stay mobile and wait for those bite windows because man, were they, they were tight in some instances. And then other times it was like you could trigger them and mainly if, if you're going to trigger a bite, it was working it erratically, like your bait erratically. And it was casting. The suckers just seemed to be only when those fish were fully fired up to eat something, uh, during a moon phase. Otherwise, I don't know. The sucker bite out of the moon phase wasn't, wasn't where it should or could be. Uh, for this fall. And I think that might just go hand in hand with the water still being not that it's, you know, anything out of whack at this time of year, but just too warm, you know, the best sucker bite for when they eat suckers more than casting is, you know, upon us. It's still the time of year where you can probably get more action casting, but it's definitely still cooling off because that weather is kind of continuing to go down you know, we're getting a little ebb and flow of a lot of highs in the mid fifties, low fifties, kind of creeping back into the high forties for a few highs coming up and all the lows are in the thirties and forties. So that water will be dropping still on certain lakes, smaller lakes, they'll probably, uh, even out for a while and not get like too, too cold. It'll definitely be in the upper forties, but a lot of those big lakes should, should hold above 50 for a good bit of time. Now.
0: I think, uh, the biggest tip from what we learned this weekend, and we've, we've already said it a few times, but with these smaller bite windows, like the second you get a fish to move or to eat or to show any sort of like, you know, aggressive nature to just hang around that area, you know, whether it's like a hundred yard stretch, 20 yard stretch, circling in and out of the structure, hang around there because we moved so many fish within like a 50 yard area like they are bunched together right now it seems and even if like there's another spot on the lake that's identical whether it's weeds or rocks or drop off like they might not be there so don't think you can just run somewhere else and find them just <laughs> yeah. hang out that area and once you stop seeing them then move on it's not a run and gun time of year for
2: sure no you know that's yeah, I mean... what's what i was saying like the, the play on looking for bait first or kind of fishing through a spot through moon phase is a lot
1: uh, is really important to, to be able to find these fish. I mean, it just blew my mind. Like on Friday when Jack, you know, he ended up catching a, a nice fish, but like literally could have caught three muskies in a span of like 17 minutes. Yeah.
0: You know, all were nice. All were nice. I don't ones. even know if it was that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it felt it was like, shorter. One of them was like 12 casts. Well, that yeah. was around the same time I had that I had a follow and then uh oh did I I can't remember if it swiped that in the eight or if I just saw it come in and then it disappeared, I think. And then I think it was literally the next cast, maybe twenty yards down that shoreline, steep shoreline, like second jerk in, I get pounded. So like <laughs> two casts in a row you get a fish jack had pretty much the same thing happen like farther down so it was crazy brian you uh i
1: mean you ended up catching two fish this weekend but i think you got a little bit unlucky or maybe you needed to shake a little rust off with (laughs) you got some weird eats this weekend you had I don't know how many opportunities you ended up having, but man, I, I like... brought
0: in. Yeah. I had two, two rubber baits I brought back. And I was like, I was quiet. Cause I was kind of like, mm, was that my hooks getting tangled or was that a hit? And then I look at the <laughs> rubber bait. I think both times I turned to Gus and go, were there teeth marks on this bait's head? Nope. Then I'm like, well, I just missed one.
1: Then <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. No. Just a we nice inch we deep burned cut. we burned so many fish in that one spot. We ended up catching three fish in that area. You know, we, we had a nice fourth one to boot that day, but I mean we ended up catching
0: three, and we probably
1: stung, I don't even know how many more.
0: Stung probably another three, and then saw another however many you want to name on side image <laughs> or live scope. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was nutty. And you know the
1: funny thing was is you, you weren't able to actually really see these fish on live scope. Like they were holding super tight to cover. This isn't like a situation where we're just, you know, shining it around and being like, "Oh, there's one, there's one, there's one." I mean, it, it was like you wouldn't see them and then they would just appear, shoot out from a rock, come out from the bottom, like they were very, very tight to this cover. Like all, it, you had of, to really pull them out of it. All of the eats were
2: In the beginning of the cast, now that I remember, and the eats and misses were like way out in the cast early on, tight to that, to that drop off. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely landing in their face, getting their attention. They saw the bait twitch, I don't know, one to five times and decided to eat. And if they didn't, it was like up to the boat. And then it was look at the sucker for a little bit and then peace out. Yeah, And that was kind of how we noticed that there was more than just the fish that we caught and, you know, had hit where the fact that we would side image one, maybe late on a follow or somebody would just see one and then we'd turn live scope back at the suckers and then they'd follow it. And we'd be like, this is ridiculous. And how many fish are here? We went back and forth there four ish times
1: or something like that. Oh, yeah. A couple circles. I don't know. It was pretty crazy. Well, so, yeah, that, you know, kind of takes care of Friday and Saturday. Saturday night, we were paid a visit from the ghost of Christmas past, I think, or at least Gus was. Uh, because you want to touch on, on what, what oh, happened to you uh, Saturday evening? <laughs> was that Saturday evening? I thought that was maybe Friday. Oh, yeah. It might have been Friday. Okay. It was Friday. Was it, That's Fr- right. was it Friday? Okay, my bad. All right. Well, then, yeah, What you want to touch on your uh, encounter with. A definite definitely a ghost? Well, I i woke up in the <laughs> middle of the night and
2: you know I was sleeping on my own in my room. It's uh it's a queen bed, you know, it's got plenty of space other than myself on hey, there. Yo. And I, I woke up in the <laughs> in the middle of the night and uh felt a little Is rustling alone... going on. A
1: little rustling
0: <laughs> or rustling? A rustling. Oh, <laughs> no okay. rustling. Wasn't one of them tall blondes you've been talking about, was it? <laughs> no, no, sir.
2: No, sir. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what was going on. I was so out of it and so, like, still in a sleepy trance or, what you know, you know that feeling when you're, like, half asleep, basically. Or maybe even mm-hmm. those nights where you, like, get up half asleep to take a piss and then go back to bed. It was, like, one of those And I don't know if I just kept like moving and like nudging, whatever the hell was going on. And then all of a sudden that wrestling stood up, went off the front of my bed and then just like walked back into the other room where you Max and Brian were sleeping. And I knew it was just like, you know, a person that came into the room and (laughs) I, I didn't, I just, I didn't know what to make of it right away. And I just went back to bed. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Somebody else will a, figure it out. Or another insane was, move. I just was I probably I, it was probably just think... one of the other guys that just slept walked in here and I just assumed I just assumed that and went back to bed and then woke up in the morning and sent a text to the group chat and said somebody somebody came and slept in my bed at some point and then left at four a.m
1: when I woke up. <laughs> And everybody's kind of like pacing around like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> like, wait, I was I like thought... so shocking. I'm like, that's not a normal thing to just be like, hey guys, like there was somebody in my bed last night, like all the doors are locked. Like what No, they weren't <laughs> like... all locked. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean just Yeah, like... don't add that. But... That would be no, really no, the weird.
0: Door, doors are <laughs> locked, but no, yeah, door...
1: your door wasn't locked, but
0: what no, what... not at all. What a house invader is stumbling across seven other grown men to get to the back bedroom to crawl in for a quick 20 minute power nap? Yeah, oh, he no. would have had to, the invader had to go through a lot more than he just to Yeah, get...
1: if it was, he probably had jeans on. <laughs> yeah, he was feeling no,
2: sleepy. No, he this put one had
0: anglers on. <laughs> this one had dark sweats
2: and a dark hoodie. <laughs> and uh, I thought when I sent that text in the morning, it'd be like somebody would immediately text back and be like oh i sleepwalk a bunch and then it was immediately response with everyone's like what the hell like dude why didn't why didn't you do anything about that why didn't you get up and like investigate and i'm like i don't know i just i was tired (laughs) i I don't really i I figured something you know it was just normal somebody was sleepwalking
1: i love how everybody was like oh man glad he didn't come into my bed because if he did it would have been on site. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like everybody's like, Gus, you watched him walk out of your room. This figure walk out of your room. And everybody else is like, how oh, did Jack? Did it jack his ass right there? <laughs> Cracked him over the head. <laughs> and then when we found out it was
1: Jack, he's like, oh, yeah, I actually sometimes wake up on the couch randomly at my apartment. We're like, oh, okay. And Gus was like, yeah, he was wearing dark sweats and a dark hoodie. And J- <laughs> We all look at Jack, and he's wearing the black sweatshirt and black sweatpants. And he's like, yeah, it's probably me. And then it shifted, and everyone's like, well, why didn't you come and lay in my bed? Why it so special about <laughs> Gus's
0: bed? What, scared to crawl into a twin bed? Come on now, Jack.
1: <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. I was dying, so yeah, that was I was just 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 goofing that you got paid by paid a visit by a ghost. It was definitely Jack, yeah, who's not were... a small man, by the way. Former no, D one. I, I knew
2: <laughs> I knew it was a large figure uh, leaving the room, and uh, I know you you at first before you Max realized that it was Jack, you
1: were pretty tweaked out about that. <laughs> You're just... like, I don't want no ghosts in here. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I spend a lot of time up there. I'm not trying to get a ghost be
0: sleeping with me at random times of the evening. (laughs) Definitely sketch. Funniest part of the story before we move on here is what you were like, like, yeah, I just kind of like woke up as he was leaving the room and then I rolled over and the whole bed was warm. (laughs) like, (laughs) Oh, he had been there for a while. (laughs) He might've been, but
2: I'm, I'm a deep sleeper. (laughs) I don't really wake up, but from much at all, I'm surprised I even woke up in
1: general honestly <laughs> True. When you got a six six grown man crawling in bed with you and i, I think it's more shocking that you didn't wake up instantly <laughs> yeah. i don't know either Whole dude bed
0: probably turned over
2: i don't know man all right let's uh let's move on from that <laughs> lock uh, it up happening let's lock it up boys um so rolling into sunday i think uh i think a little bit earlier brian kind of touched on it. He was, you know, all right, I guess, with the fact that we hit trophy water and, you know, just didn't get exactly what we were looking for and wanted to just like keep pressing on that. And I was kind of in for that as well, but it seemed like the consensus consensus came down to action water Sunday, which proved to be definitely a great decision because everybody was tired. The last thing we probably needed to do in that much windier wind than we thought was gonna, you know, be happening with the weather was we'll sit in a, a large body of water, low density that nobody knew and get our asses handed to us. <laughs> so instead we just went out there and, and again, I think we had one follow the sucker in the first couple minutes. We were barely even casting. We're like, all right, this is uh this should be not easy, but this should be fun. And, you know, ended the day with, uh two fish for our boat and i don't know a good another handful lost i want to say yeah you know, a couple lost on jerk baits one i think lost on rubber as well
0: yep i lost another on a jerk 10 inch jerk and uh saw its flash i don't know if we have that one on footage at all but yeah i, I think i was o oh, four. i think i missed three fish that like destroyed the bait this weekend so that was unfortunate
1: yeah them's the odds
0: that was (laughs) everybody even even a gunslinger like yourself
1: you know yeah it's crazy it's crazy um yeah that uh gus you want to touch on kind of the power of that the crankbait at times like we talked about that in the boat on sunday like when that bite is is hot it feels like it's the only thing you can catch fish with. And it's like really, really effective. It's not all the time, but when it fires up, feels like you could really put a hurting on them doing that.
2: Yeah, it was dominant. You know, I it it was hard to say if like the fish were lethargic or not and you were triggering them, but I think those fish were like fired up and looking for something erratic like that. They didn't really want like the slow hops of a of a rubber bait or even a slow glide. I threw in a glide for a little bit. They didn't want anything to do with that. It was more so the aggressive twitching first or second through a spot. And that's it. You know, um, they were, I did look back on your, uh, tiger max, that one, you were just doing pretty methodical ish, you know, rips. And then you gave like this one little extra pause and then you did a twitch twitch instead of one big twitch. And that's when that one hit um i can't remember well brian's that morning was on the figure eight that was actually a very funny fish caught <laughs> that was the oh, first of the was. morning we uh i think at this point i think i was casting a little bit max so uh, so in our so in my boat when we were rolling with four we rarely had all four casting at the same time one person was kind of taking a break and Either, you know, taking a drink of water, having a snack, or kind of like looking at live scope, watching the suckers. And I remember in that instance, Max, you had it facing the trolling motor to see if Jack or Brian had any late follows or something. And you and I both were looking at it, and you're like, oh, there's a muskie, like right underneath the trolling motor. And it's like, oh, it's coming straight up vertical. Oh, it's looking at the trolling motor. Now this is like, oh, that fish is moving really fast. They're like, oh, that's on Brian. He's doing a he's doing a figure eight right now. Well, I,
0: yeah, I had just like brought in my bait and I was still in the water with it, just doing like a lazy eight. And then you had said like, I think there's someone in the trolling motor. And so I just like put half my rod in the water and was figure eighting like four feet down. And then you're like, oh my god, he's on he's on you. Yeah, so then I raised it up high around a turn, and I'm like, oh yeah, there he is. And then like another turn later, he just crushes it. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. That was an assist from the live scope. <laughs> hey, first first yeah. one of the year.
1: Yep. That was first cool, though. Successful funny. live scope. <laughs> funny seeing the fish, Gus. Remember, you're we looking at it and like, you could see it appear, disappear, appear, disappear. <laughs> I'm like, that thing's moving
0: quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish at I could have like... that end of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you can see it on Max's head cam, actually. That, that is going to be a video that we will post to the public because that might be one of the <laughs> top funniest things to happen to us this entire year <laughs> and, uh, wrestling in there wrestling wrestling yeah
1: it was like a 30 incher so much fun with that yeah uh, well i mean vibes were a little bit low on saturday night just fish perspective wise not not actual like having a good time so like getting out there and in the first you know hour we get a text from mitch's boat that they had caught one and we were like well if they caught one we're probably you know gonna encounter one here pretty soon with how these windows have been going and then to get one right away too i think that just kind of set the tone for the day and it just ended up being a a really fun like positive just kind of shit talking on a musky boat floating around and, and having a lot of fun you know those are the days you you really like to have speaking of that with
2: you know the boys and the bite windows if you remember our first fish on friday when you released that fish max that we caught on a sucker as we we're releasing it the the guys are fishing down the you know the shoreline a little bit and we hear like a woohoo yeah like <laughs> as you release the fish they so got they one caught too. theirs to like within a minute or two of you catching that one yeah, it's crazy. So that doesn't say tight bite windows. I don't know what do- and then Brian, you caught that one in the crank in the eight, probably I think another, you know, less than twenty minutes later, maybe half hour at most. I mean, think it was maybe that. I thought it was, it was like five minutes. Yeah, I That's thought it was true. real,
0: real shortly after.
2: Yeah, I could be getting it totally wrong. I think you guys are right on that. Was
0: that was that uh where was that in relation to that morning minor? In right it. the end of it, in it? Yeah, it was in it. Yeah. yeah then for like the next hour we had a ton of action and then it just killed off for probably another hour or two. And then we finally saw a few more. But that morning minor was really good. And then the uh sunset minor, those were our two most productive phases all weekend. Sunset minor yeah. on Friday.
2: Yeah, but I think throughout Sunday we had a little bit of a lull. And I don't know if it was just, because of the windows are free and not a great spot, but we were able to actually pick off quite a few bites follows and, and, you know, fish catches kind of miscellaneously throughout the morning. Cause I think, uh, I think most of it was kind of outside or, or around the moon phase kind of going into the, the second half of the day, that major. But, you know, I think that was the only day even, more so in the past week or so-ish that that we were getting fish to really fire off out of the moon phase. And I think, Max, that's what you're touching on with the power of the crankbait, for sure, on just like converting bites, manufacturing a bite when they probably
1: shouldn't be biting. Mm -hmm. Do you want to, uh, since this has been a little bit more educational-driven, or at least attempting to be, do you want to give... um, kind of a, a good guideline on what what a setup should look like, especially because I mean, twitching a twitch and attendance jake is not it's not like you're, you know, you're not twitching like we we talk about using a lot of crane baits and stuff like that, which, you know, are a lot easier to work, but twitching a tennis jake is not, you know, that's not child's play. It takes some takes some effort and the the correct gear, I think, to do it effectively. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It seemed like the best case for that was like an eight, six or a nine foot X heavy rod. Definitely for a 10 inch Jake, there's no way you could get away with anything flimsy. Uh, make sure you have a, at least a 10 to 12 inch wire or coated wire, multi-strand or straight wire leader in front of that thing. Um, just, I'd, Highly recommend to not do fluorocarbon because the bait's gonna be moving so fast, the fish don't care about the leader, and they're gonna headhunt or t-bone that thing. And if it if any way, shape, or form, that uh fish either hits it in the head and gets the leader in the mouth, or on a rip the leader bows out a little bit and the fish gets the uh, leader in the mouth. You do not want fluorocarbon in their mouths. So that would be the rod. And the leader set up, you can get away with 80 or hundred pound, you know, braid, both work great. And then I'd probably lean more so on the high ish gear ratio side. Um, If you get too high of a gear ratio, you'll have to be careful to not pick up line too fast or reel too fast and start ripping it too much because there's definitely a case in the fall here that if you rip the bait too much, you might either uh, just like continuously rip it out of fish's mouths if they're firing up on it, or you're just going to be ripping it too fast and they won't even come up to fully look at it. Cause you got to get the pauses in there and, and you can't rip it too much. So something in that, at least that 6.1 to 7.1 ballpark gear ratio ish, you know, should probably get the job done for ripping a 10 jake and honestly that exact same setup is great for a dying dog a mag bulldog double dog and you might need to maybe get a slight like a like a 500 tranks or something really high pickup for like a pounder or like a an xx heavy or something that has is rated for obviously uh more than 16 ounces for a pounder because that thing will flex the it's more so for the casting of that thing you could probably pull a pounder in on a medium heavy if you just slow sweep it but casting that thing is a pain in the ass (laughs) and that's why you need the xx heavy rod or something rated for at least 20
1: ounces i'd say i think i think dialing in your gear for the fall is the probably most important time of year to have the right setups for the type of lures that you're throwing to be most effective i mean i remember us it was like four or five years ago trying to throw a magnum bulldog or was it a i can't remember if it was a mag dog or a pounder or
0: something on your eight six i think think at one point it was the magnum (laughs) felt like an absolute task
1: (laughs) well it was Mm -hmm. because
0: we didn't have the right gear
1: you know now we're throwing it on a you know Tranks 500 and a you know nine six or whatever our, our big rubber setup is i can't remember eight six um well like it's just it's a game changer i mean especially when you're putting in those long hours and multiple days in a row of fall fishing like it's worth every single penny to go out and get get the right setup for that type of type of fishing
2: yeah uh i know i was just talking about high gear ratio stuff but I'd recommend starting now. If you have any low gear ratio reels, just to kind of, you know, lean into using those. It'll help you slow things down. You know, if you're if you're using like a swim bait or a crank bait. Um, I'd still stick with a high pickup if you're you know sweeping rubber, but honestly, I've I've kind of like enjoyed and had good success using like a slower gear ratio with some of these baits at this time of year and it's just a little bit easier to work them slower which in a lot of cases that's the that's the ticket you know coming up when this water temp is going to be all eventually all post turnover all sub 50 all sub 40 degree temps you know stuff like that where you're going to be slow sweeping and every once in a while doing like one pop of a lure to trigger it because more times than not just a little speed difference in the cast or troll or jig or whatever you end up doing is going to ultimately get the bite because more times than not methodically working a lure ends up either raising fish or getting no fish, which is something that we have seen sometimes with like jerk baits, like Suix, you know, people always ask why, why do they only raise fish and not catch them? And honestly it's just the power of power of the pause and and uh power of the aggressive twitch cuz i mean even in cold water moving baits really erratically with extended pauses to you know moderate pauses is the key to get some bites
1: yeah i think that's all uh that's all really good information it's uh it's time of year where if you can dial things in a little bit more gear wise setup wise you know um presentation wise you can really get on some good fish. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm excited uh, to kind of hear how the rest of your fall, you know, unfolds. I'm hoping to make it up there a time or two more, praying that this weather kind of stays stable or, you know, even if you get a few random days in the mid to upper 50s, I wouldn't mind seeing that, at least selfishly. So the water stays, you know, fishable for a little bit longer because we've had some fun you know past this post you know past this weird kind of flux time time frame of of turnover and whatnot and just right after turnover you know we've had some awesome days late into the fall so i'm hoping that that kind of lays itself out um you know for us moving forward here
2: yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it and hoping that the weather can Uh, just stay, you know, I guess warm enough to just keep the legs from icing off too early. But with that being said, I will be running my boat until ice up in the Vilas and Oneida County areas. So I'm leaving my books open till the end. So if you are a diehard like myself or just own enough clothing to be out in the boat, uh, I'd, I'd recommend you know, coming on out to chase a giant because that is what I'm going after almost, you know, every single day that I can get out the rest of this fall is going after a giant fish and every once in a while, you know, soaking some suckers or trolling on, you know, semi-action water to maybe keep myself a little bit more sane from, uh, cold days, getting skunked on <laughs> big, big low density water, just looking for that giant though. And I think that's, what's, what it's all going to be about, but uh, yeah. If uh, if you want to reach out for you know, even if you just want to ask if if lakes are turned over or not, if you want some like quick tips or something, or to uh, book a trip, you can reach me at my cell that's 920 264 or check out my website which has the merch that is available as of last week at www. .sugsfishing.com thank you all to have who have already bought some hoodies some pint glasses some stickers uh the first wave of shipments have has gone out and nice, i'm looking forward finally. to yeah yep and i'm looking forward to some more orders and uh looking forward to maybe getting some more in and maybe looking into possibly more of like an icon logo patch of people are into that, uh branching out with some different sizes. Um so far it seems like gray is a hit and is selling uh way better than black for the hoodies. Crazy. Which is kind of crazy, honestly, because before this myself, I was a black hoodie, you know, extraordinaire of of that's like all I wore. I mean, I own like eight hoodies that are all black but uh i've been digging the gray one myself i think it's a pretty slick gray slate gray pattern and i think it kind of just looks good with the logo you know it just kind of it fits well with it and i don't know maybe that's why people are people are digging it more looking to branch out other than black hoodies
1: yeah, no, like I've said, I'm happy with how it turned out and uh excited to see where some of the orders have been placed from kind of all, you know, across the board. We'll have some Mott logos kind of out in the West Coast, down South, out <laughs> East. It's going to be hilarious. I mean, I was looking at our uh analytics the other day. Um, I hadn't done it in a while and I was pretty shocked to see that I think we're at like 47 of the 50 states have tuned into this so like if you ever are wondering if wisconsin still has some yeah you know pull in the musky world and you know kind of once was the epicenter a little bit of musky fishing i think people are still in tune whether they've you know done trips in the past up into the vilas united county area or whatever but I, I think it does hold a lot of nostalgia for people and i just thought that was kind of cool i mean i think we're missing out on uh, listeners from New Mexico, which is a real shame. I uh, can't imagine there's too much musky <laughs> fishing down there. I think Louisiana was another state we haven't had a listen in from no yet. So I know it's, <laughs> Brian spent a little bit of time in Louisiana. So I'm not sure if you made any friends down there or anything, because <laughs> none of them have tuned in. Um, and I think uh, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii is also not uh, not tuned in yet. So oh, we never got Hawaii. And, yeah, no. Uh, if, if you got any friends in New Mexico, Louisiana or Hawaii you want to learn or try to learn or listen to a few guys bullshit about muskie fishing, you
0: know, you know, you know where to send them, I guess. We have anybody uh outside the United States tuning in?
1: Yeah, I weirdly, well, actually way more than I ever would have thought. A lot of uh England, Gus, you kind of looked into that at one time. Some some Russian folks, some yeah, very odd, a lot of Eastern European pike fishermen northern european pike fishermen i think oh yeah um their pike out there are as big as musky somehow i think they probably follow maybe some of the similar seasonal migrations potentially i i am completely talking out of my ass with that one i, I don't i don't yeah. know what the pike do in finland <laughs> but you know we i've we've had somebody from that neck of the woods reach out on our instagram and you know say that they're listening and I mean, that's pretty cool so shout out that Sweet. guy and you know shout or anyone out, who's remarkable. if anyone in in europe or you know and elsewhere outside the united states listening to this thank you <laughs> i hope that, you know hopefully we can entertain you enough if you're tuning in because um you know it's just kind of cool to me i guess slash a little funny
2: those pike guys in europe with those like majorly large pike must look into the musky industry and use some of the lures that we use for musky to get them i'm sure, sure they, they do. use you know they use a lot of big like rubber. Giant out swim there. baits yeah giant swim baits it seems like is what they love to use because i don't know how much they keying on blades for the most part but definitely large rubber and jerk baits it seems like
1: i wonder if there'll ever be a push of uh, european bike manufacturer type baits making their way over here and if anyone's been doing that you know gotten ahead of the curve or if it ever will happen be curious because you know we've seen like you know even this weekend you know you're throwing a frankensuke and you catch a 28 inch muskie it's like man these things can when the right situation presents itself take down some pretty big lures you know it's great mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see
0: they love themselves a big plank of wood
1: yes <laughs> dumb fish
2: i love it, it <laughs> just goes up and down up and down <laughs> up and down
1: that's oh it. man i know it but yeah well uh anything else you guys want to add i think you guys are getting out on the water next weekend together right for yeah a little we got, one day uh, session
0: yeah my dad's coming into town making his way up from florida so he's gonna get out get out with gus and hopefully get on his first muskie that'd be pretty darn sweet um but i know he's stoked to kind of see how it all goes down so excited for that we'll see yeah we'll see we're gonna go hit some uh
2: relatively new water to us and just kind of (laughs) explore and uh maybe hopefully get in some fishing just you and i brian or or we'll see or maybe i'll do a little scouting or something but i'm definitely looking forward to that one
1: yeah i'm jealous uh it's gonna be i'm gonna be put on ice here for a few weeks i'm hoping like i said to make it up you know once or twice in november and get out late um i do want to touch on one thing before we head off here and that's uh that wisconsin musky battle that's making its way uh over here we have some i know we have some people that listen to this and tune in that we'll be fishing in that this week and unfortunately we weren't able to make it work you know with my schedule and also with brian's dad coming into town but that's going to be uh pretty cool i'm excited to see the results of that and um, see some of the footage from that as well so hopefully we can do that in the, the future and continue to grow it or help grow it if we can in any way because that stuff to me is really sweet um, you know more of that stuff the better I, in my opinion
2: yeah I'm definitely you know looking forward to next year and getting ahead of the curve and and getting some of these weekends planted in the books this year was a lot of too much Uh, last minute, you know, this weekend, like you said, just isn't going to work for all of us. Got some trips and stuff and you know, our our good friend now that we've talked to online, Kyle freeges, I think I pronounced that right, hopefully, but, uh, he's, he's, he's part of cabbage dragon media. I think we've given him a shout out before from possibly a Q and a question, but he ordered a Mott hoodie last minute. And he's like, "Can you have this delivered to the Muskie Battle?" And I'm like, no "Sure way. thing, awesome. sure thing." Yeah, well, yeah. Got some uh, some extra stickers in there to help distribute to the guys there and keep
1: us there in spirit, even though we're not able to make it. I uh, I was actually DMing with them on the Muskie's on Tap page, and I joked around. I, I think I told them that it's scientifically t- scientifically proven that if you wear the Mod hoodie, it actually increases your chances of catching a fish. Um, not sure where I saw that data. I don't think the report was peer reviewed quite yet, but I do know it's under some, some serious scrutiny from um, you know, people that are taking the other side on that. But there, there's say, some
0: data on it from this weekend. There's and, been data and on prior. It.
1: Your,
2: and prior your guide
1: trip, Gus, your you know, your client. You know, also a listener to the podcast. You guys went out on a guide trip and he was rocking the Mott hoodie, and and what happened? he catches three fish over 40 inches i mean it's like okay i don't know how much There's more proof you guys and... need you know facts are facts you know they just yep. help you catch fish i guess so um, straight facts i think it was the threading or something in the the sweatshirt that really kind of you know calls the muskies in uh that's died. Saying. yeah mm-hmm. right so <laughs> um it's obvious yeah well Anyways, that'll be, that. that's cool. He'll be rocking that during the muskie battle. And like I said, I'm curious to see how the results go. I think there's a lot of cool places you could do the muskie battle and, and spread out some boats and tackle some, a lot of water and, you know, getting some of those Minnesota guys to come east and fish some, fish some Northern Wisconsin lakes would be awesome. Hammer some 35 inches with us. <laughs> Wrangle them yeah. in. Come over to God's country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No,
2: and all That's seriousness, good we, we got big fish too. We've been putting some big fish in the net. Like Max said, in that guide trip, we got, uh, actually four over 40. That was, uh, a client was so gracious. He just, after we already went three for four, he's like, all right, you need to cast. And I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. And I think another two hours later, uh, I myself hooked up with, uh, another fish in that low 40 inch class and ended that day going four for five with all fish being over over 40 and one of them being over 45 and that was a trip for the books and pretty Uh remarkable you know split split on uh casting and and suckers so hoping for some pretty amazing action-packed days like that uh the rest of this year you know i'm i'm just i'm just looking for, for looking for that bite each and every day finding the which lake's going to be hot and which one's going to be producing something like that, where the fish are firing up on all sorts of structure and, and spots in that lake. But I think with that being said, I think that's a wrap on musky bender 2.0 of the 2023 season, probably last musky bender of the year. Oh, uh, hard
1: to hear. Hard to hear. (laughs) We're I'm not so looking for not looking forward to the podcast where we're like, well, not only is there no more musky vendors, but there's no more musky fishing. Oh, the into the
0: darkness of winter. Uh, let's not end it there, though. Let's not uh, end it there. Yeah, we, we got to end it on a positive note. Guys. We got, we got, we got time. time.
1: We got good fishing at yeah, us. Yeah, we won't bring it up again. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you know that <laughs> brings up one. Last thing before Ooh. we can sign off here, Gus, you look, you know, I know you're, I know we're keeping you here, but um, direction of the podcast heading into the late, late fall uh, into winter, you know, what, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's, you know, for sure the weekly thing and the, uh, the updates
2: that were, that were given for sure a in and week out, I think are super important, but you know, I think the premise going into the winter Uh, I mean, I think we can still pump possibly, you know, one out every week. It might not be every week though. I mean, the con, you know, the stuff that we mainly talk about are stuff that we're doing on the water right now. Uh, whether that be a musky bender, uh, guide trips, having good days, tournament fishing, you know, that's, that's kind of what we mainly are talking about. And I don't know if we can talk about Q and a you know every single week of the entire <laughs> yeah. winter when all we have to do is stare at a wall of baits and unrigged rods and reels and snow so yeah i true. think we're just going to come up with some kind of cool ideas and maybe do some mega podcasts and then once they're edited just roll them out and just give people a crap load of content i guess to get them through the winter You know, whether that might not be every single week, just at least, you know, like we said, we're probably going to get together with some of the PMTT guys and kind of do a whole recap on the year, probably get in touch with the guys that we just had up for the musky vendor and just kind of chat on how, you know, things went during their time maybe, or how their season went good fish stories,
1: uh, big catches, you know, stuff like that to just keep us through the winter yeah and i mean we got a good array of guests you know book for the future and like you said you know we got some exciting stuff with some pmtt buddies that we fish with throughout the year i know we've you know talked about maybe doing a collab podcast with the hunks that would be awesome um you know they're they're like they're like the goats that just riffing like a three-hour pod you know that's yeah (laughs) like <laughs> take we a page out of their on. book and yeah get them on and take a page out of their book and just riff for a while and um you know so what, it'll be good you know we got like you like i said we got some good guests in store for the future a lot of a lot of awesome guides we're hoping for you know that we've chatted with that once some other guides that once their season wraps up and they're not as busy you know maybe getting them on so um you know we'll have that and then also show season two you're you know it sounds like you're going to be pretty active at the Muskie shows this winter and mm-hmm. um you know so we'll we'll probably touch on some of that stuff and hear about your time there so yeah we got i mean we got a lot of thing, good things moving forward so it's not all bleak and summer's you know closed and fall is moving quickly as it always does it's, it's still got a lot of good things here in the future for sure
2: yep i completely agree All right. Well, I think that puts a wrap on this week's podcast. Um, I think I gave out some of my guide info and number earlier. You can also, uh, reach us as a group at the muskies on tap Instagram page, which is just at muskies on tap, you know, DM, DM us with, uh, maybe pictures of you wearing your hoodies, hopefully the new merch or something like that, or where you got your stickers, uh, Hopefully, you know, holding a muskie in front of them, that would be best case scenario. We would love to see that. We want to see as many as, as as possible, and we'll repost those and talk about them here on the pod. But also just going forward, I think I kind of touched on water temps again. It's going to be a little more variable now this time of year. But like I said, I was just recently on deep, clear water, and the water temp was still holding above 53 to 54 or so. And, uh, that smaller water should be creeping into the low fifties and even the upper forties and being post turnover on the smaller stain stuff. So just keep your eye out. Uh, when in doubt, go into the local bait and tackle shop, because a lot of times those guys, and I know a few of the owners and, uh, people that work at the stores in town here in Eagle river, they talk to so many people and people give out, you know, kind of more information than you think about lakes and they kind of just listen in on all of it. And, you know, by a day or two, they have like some pretty updated information on what lakes are turning over or not. Like, don't be afraid to ask them about a specific lake. You know, I I know a few of them in town, they pretty much know damn near every single lake in the whole area, you know, so they'll, they'll definitely point you in the right direction if you're really unsure on where you want to go. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's just look forward to another podcast here and, and, uh, good close to the 2023 fall season now that we're in the midst of October. So Brian, you want to take us away here and, and send the listeners off
0: on a good note now that we talked about winter for too long. (laughs) all right everybody make sure you stay warm before this winter rolls in no, i'm just kidding we got a long time coming up here with muskie still on the docket big girls are going to be on the move big girls need loving too, especially this time of the year oh, 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 oh. and uh we're gonna, we're gonna be hammering over here for a few weeks gonna need some good luck this weekend with the pops hoping to catch a giant set into an absolute refrigerator hope everybody else has some good luck this weekend And make sure to lock your doors at night so you don't see a big uh, figure scampering across the room like Gus. Peace. Peace. Peace.